0: Welcome to The Health Connection, consciously inspiring your success. The podcast that will inspire you to achieve your optimal health and empower your mind. Where the integration of both East and West unite to give you tips, methods, and inspiration to live the life you desire. With your host, trainer and speaker, doctor of oriental medicine, licensed acupuncture physician, Tai Chi and Qigong instructor, Justin Fontanini. Get ready for an amazing show starting right now. Do you guys want to know the missing link in your clinical practice to get better results? Well, this has been my question, my quest for the past 18 years, actually most of my life actually. And uh, it's led me down a lot of different roads, study with many masters, different teachers, professors, traveling around the world. And uh, I've learned a lot. And I'd like to share a little bit of that with you now. And uh, what I've discovered through my studies of Tibetan medicine, Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic medicine, there's a similarity and it seems to be missing. And once you address this and take care of it, your clinical results can change. And uh, today I have a short PowerPoint I wanna share with you and some basic information, but this information can help transform us. And it all started years ago when I studied with my private teacher and he's a seventh generation acupuncturist. And he told me one time that we gotta become the best we can and to become the best person, the best version of ourselves to basically not only help the patients better, but in our field, and not only in our field, you can see that our our system of medicine is being defragmented. It's being used by different therapists, different doctors, different physicians, and they're dismantling the medicine without the true understanding of yin-yang, five elements, the meridians, and the energy flow. So because of that, our acupuncture system, the Chinese medicine is gonna get watered down and uh, to take what we do and become better at it and use the ancient philosophies to a higher level it's going to help us but what i've seen is the pattern of ayurvedic medicine tibetan medicine and the authentic original classical chinese medicine is diet even the ancient physicians they always mentioned to us that the diet should be the first line of defense when there's an issue there's a health problem go back to the diet see what the problem is correct the diet and if that doesn't work and later start to use the herbs the medicines the acupuncture so with that said the uh, over the over the period of time that i've been treating patients there's been three cases i want to share you share with you and uh, one of them was a a cuban guy he he gets violently sick when he takes any dairy it doesn't matter what kind any kind he throws up diarrhea gripping stomach pains indigestion bloating gas and he's he's laid in bed for a while but he uh, he told me one time that he had to he had to go back and visit his family in Cuba. And it's been a while since he's been there because now he's here in the States. He's a banker. He's been doing his profession thing. But when he went back to visit, he was really nervous to eat their food because he knew they always used dairy and breakfast. They always had a glass of milk. So when he went back, he was confused whether to tell me sick or hide it and then try to just, you know, let the family not find out. So he decided to hide it. And the first day of breakfast, he ate their food. He drank the glass of milk and then uh, he did, nothing happened. So he thought, that's strange. Okay, second day, he said, oh my gosh, this could be the day I get really sick. I got to tell my family. They're going to worry about me. I don't want that. He drinks the milk, eats the food. Third day, fourth day, he's confused. What's going on here? Why? Why am I not sick? And then he, then he realized, hey, I'm drinking the milk. It came from that cow in that pasture right there. And, and it's direct. It's local. It's organic. There's no processing, and actually, they, they don't even pasteurize it. And when I go to Costa Rica, same thing. The we went to organic farms, and they they drink unpasteurized milk. And I asked them, I said, Do "You guys heat this up or pasteurize anything?" No. I said, "How long you guys been doing that?" Hmm, since I was a little boy. How about your ancestors? No, same. So it goes back generations. Yeah, it goes back generations. So generations they've been drinking directly. And these people, when you see them, you talk to them, they're extremely healthy and robust, very strong, very, very low incidence of health disease. So anyways, back to the banker. He told me that and I realized, interesting, then he comes back here, he gets sick again right away. So there's something wrong with the food here, the processing, packaging, the ingredients, the hormones, the uh, additives, the antibiotics, all these additives, the blood and the pus from all the cows collecting into huge vats of milk. And I know because I've treated patients, that's their job. Another guy, a German guy, he, he eats bread here. Any kind of wheat, any kind of gluten, any kind of bread product, pasta. He's, he's sick in bed for two days. He has to call out of work. He goes back home to Germany, and then he's a little worried, but he, he wants to eat his family's food. So he eats their bread. Nothing happens. Two or three days go by, he starts eating everything. All of a sudden, he's eating all the bread, all the pasta, all the wheat products. Nothing happens to him. Comes back here. He's laid in bed for two days. An Ecuadorian patient. She can't eat gluten and wheat here, and uh, any kind of wheat product, bread, pasta, she gets really sick, a lot of bloating, indigestion, a lot of discomfort, her bowel becomes irregular. She goes to Ecuador, she eats everything, nothing happens. These three stories are from within the last year. Over the past 18 years, I can't remember all the cases that people left the country, ate food, and got a lot better. There's something with the food, so the diet, I'll give you two terms, quality and quantity. But ourselves, if we look at what we're eating, if we're eating the standard American diet, which is SAD, is very sad, then how can we help our patients? So we got to learn from the grassroots. So fortunately, I had masters that that took me my, my hand and lifted me up to make me wake up and understand. And it, it was quite a blessing. But we need that. We need to be lifted up and wake it up. Because if we're living in a culture that's a fast-paced, go-go, human hamster wheel, And we have large amounts of disease, the largest people in the world, some of the most diabetes and cancer in the world. And we're living here in this culture, eating this food and living in this environment, following the the rhythms and the habits. How do you expect to be healthy? You know, that's why we got to go to different parts of the world. And that's where my studies took me is into the blue zones. So with that said, let's jump right into this short PowerPoint. I want to share some really cool information with you. Okay, let's see if we can pull this up. And this one, okay, then that one we're gonna go, give me just one second. Okay, so we're gonna look at this real quick here. Yeah, just bear with me until I can move all this out of the way. Okay, then we'll move me a little bit down here, maybe over here by that ginseng root. Hope you recognize that's ginseng root and the pea pod. The, uh, by the way, fresh food, uh, when it's growing, it's full of photons, electrons, life force, and a lot of different energies. We don't have time to talk about. But when you pick that food, that that chi energy, life force will last for anywhere between three and seven days, and then it's gone because it's been cut from the source of, of growth. And then uh, if you eat it within that range, you get that life force. That's part of what feeds the light body, our energy meridians, and stuff like that. But the if you're eating food that's been picked and uh, irradiated refrigerated for a few weeks and uh, shipped and gassed when you eat that the life force is not there sure you'll get the nutrition the vitamins the minerals the chlorophyll be there antioxidants but the life force is not there and that's why we have two parts of our body like yin and yang we have the energetic body we have the material body so when we eat food it has to have the two parts It have to has to have the energy and the material but just real quick before we get into what i'm going to get into the food quality from lower to higher, if we don't, if we're just eating randomly, if our patients are eating a little fast food once a week or twice a week, if they're going to restaurants a lot, they're going to be getting commercial food. And I wanted to put this scale here for you to show you what happens when you eat from lower and then you go higher. So the lowest level is the man-made foods, including chemicals, which is which are the pesticides, and other other chemicals in addition. Additives, preservatives, colorings, flavorings, and synthetic ingredients. All these man-made foods, if you research them, most of them have carcinogenic properties. So if you're eating a lot of man-made products that have these effects on the body, don't be surprised that stuff might not happen to you or at least cause a significant inflammatory reaction systemically. And of course, it's going to affect the weak link first which is different for everybody so it's hard to trace because everybody's different some people are respiratory some is cardiovascular some is digestive some is the muscle skeletal system so when that these ingredients these inflammatory chemicals get into the body which one's weaker is going to show up symptoms first that's why it's very hard to see like a, a direct pattern it's because everybody's very unique in their own nature the next level of foods they're not going to be too good for you either, but uh, it's very predominant. And, and it's not like we're growing our own food in our backyard, getting local organic food from the local farmer or the community garden, which is the way it should be. But the commercial foods made by big agriculture, they're going to be all GMO. Of course, there's going to be pesticides on them, and they're going to pick them unripe often, and they're going to refrigerate them, and then they're going to a lot of times irradiate them. And when you eat these kind of foods, you're definitely not going to be able to become the best version yourself because the the quality is going to be limited. It's going to be hindered. So then your health, your immune system is going to be limited and hindered as well because we are what we eat. And the next level of foods is going to be a little higher, of course. That's our goal is to have more organic foods and non-GMO, non-irradiated and no added chemicals. But when you look across the world and you see what cultures actually eat a large volume of organic food, in the United States, I can't remember the exact number, but it's less than about 3%. Three, five Three, would be maximum, but I can't remember. It's a very low percent of food that's grown organic in the U.S. is very, very low. So that just tells you right away that our culture as a whole is eating very limited, low volumes of organic foods. You know, Some of us are that are more awake, more aware, more conscious, but the majority is not. Then as you go up a little higher, you start tapping into the superfoods and these superfoods, you know, you can eat them as a food safe long term consumption, but they're also containing therapeutic medicinal benefits. So that's why we call them superfoods out of all the foods, the highest will be the, the foods that the Native Americans would eat for generations and, and these are these are wild foods so i did talk, i did have a blessing and an op- opportunity to talk with a chief of a whole tribe i won't tell you where he's located but he's not uh, okay he's in canada that's that is a tribe a chief in canada and i was talking to him and he was literally a walking encyclopedia a, a pedia library he knew the names the dates the history so well i was like blown away and because he's a chief he has to have this quality as a chief so we're talking about longevity he said a, lot, a long time ago, before the different viruses and things uh, wiped out their tribes, he said it was very common, most people, most of the elders, all lived over 100 years old. He said that was that was pretty average, and I was impressed with that, you know, but they ate all the wild foods, the wild foods that grow by themselves, from themselves, with themselves, without the need of any assistance. They can survive a drought, a flood dryness, the cold, the ice, the snow, if they can survive all that, the resilience is there. And that's one of the secrets of food. When you eat food with resilience, you inherit that resilience. If you eat food that can't reproduce, well if you're smart you'll figure out what happens. So let's go on, let's go to the next slide. And we're going to get right into the to the blue zones. And if I can get this to work, let me see. Okay, for some reason, Give me one second. There we go. So the Blue Zones, I hope you're familiar with the Blue Zones. Uh, the only one I've been to is in Costa Rica. And uh, I went there over, you know, 10 or 11 times. We've taken a lot of groups to Costa Rica. It's been a blessing. But the Blue Zones in the world are areas where people uh, live over 100. And there's a lot of them. And uh, that's why they call them the Blue Zone. The original ones in Sardinia, and my background is actually Italian as well, in Sardinia, they were mapping out uh, the culture where there was a lot of people that lived over 100 years old. And this was a big research project they were doing. And they uh, they mapped them out on a map. And after they collected them, they circled the areas that were the hot spots. And they circled them with the blue marker. And uh, they called those the blue zones because they didn't know what to name them. So they said, let's just call it the area of those blue zones. We just, we'll call them blue zones. So... The Blue Zones, and then later, more popped up. So these are the original ones. Sardinia, Italy, Ikaria, Greece, Okinawa, Japan, Nicoya Peninsula and Costa Rica, Loma Linda, California. Each one of these we can talk a lot of details about. I don't want to spend too much time because I want to be respectful of your time, but let's go down a little further. And then, uh, I don't know why my thing is not not going. Okay, so this one from Sun Simao. I hope you know Sun Simao, Just like Zhang Bianchu. And uh, all these ancient masters, all the, they're all Taoist masters, actually. They're all highly trained in the Taoist arts. So they're all, uh, you know, working with the same thing. Sun Simao was a very uh, big alchemist. He did a lot of alchemy, internal alchemy. He was into food medicine, acupuncture, Tai Chi and Qigong. He was very skilled at Qi energy work. And uh, his saying here, doctors should first understand the cause of disease and then treat it with diet. Medicine should be used only if diet fails. So he's he's suggesting to us that we should use diet first, and that's true of ancient cultures, Tibetan medicine, and Ayurvedic medicine. Their system is very clear; it hasn't really been defragmented and messed up from uh, communism or anything. So it's very authentic, very real. So they'll tell you right away: these are the causes of the disease. Number one's the mind, and these are the ways to treat it. Number one, you treat it with a diet. So there's a big correlation right there. So the main part here. Is the mention about the diet. The ancient cultures, their first line of defense was always diet. And if we continue, this saying here modern food brings challenges that our grandparents and even our parents didn't experience. So when you think about it, when I was young, I actually grew up in an oriental medicine family. So I was a little blessed. I got a little bit more knowledge on yin yang five elements diagnosis as I was growing up. And uh, my mom and dad told me that they're stronger genetically than I am and my brother. And then their mom and dad was stronger genetically compared to they were. And they're telling me each generation is getting weaker and weaker. And it's because of the chemicals added to the foods now and the lifestyle, the environment, and the, uh, the chemicals and toxins. Because of that, it's affecting our body. It's making us less weak. And the, uh, through my research and understanding of history... I see a clear picture of how that's working, but not always can you find the truth so easily just by looking, you know, in the standard way. So that's through my experience. If we go further, we look at this GMO Impossible Burger, positive for carcinogenic glyphosate. I could have 50 slides with different topics about this same type of thing right now that's out there. You just got to go search it, you'll find it. But this Impossible Burger is a vegan burger. And it's at some fast food joints, but you can also buy and cook at a home. So you think you're doing yourself a favor by going vegan. So you eat this little, did you know, it has 11 times the amount of glyphosate that should be in there and glyphosate. We know scientifically, we know now it is carcinogenic. So why would we still put that on the food? And that's exactly what they're doing. They're putting it on our food. So you get microdosed over time. It's going to cause a systemic inflammatory reaction. So that's why the, uh, the saying before, modern food brings a challenge that our grandparents and our parents didn't have. is because of things like this. And uh, like I said, we can talk a lot about those. But let's look at this master here. He's an Ayurvedic master. I, I studied with one of his, well, actually, I did not really study, but I have one of his students' books. I used to work with her, and I have some of his books. But he's an Ayurvedic doctor, and uh, his work is absolutely amazing. He has a lot of books, a lot of books. He does a really great job of bringing the Ayurvedic medicine to the West and to the world for that you know matter. But he says, people do not know what to eat, when to eat, or how to eat. We must teach them Ayurvedic principles. You can flip-flop Ayurvedic with Chinese principles, with Tibetan principles. They're all a, ver- a very universal truth. So as long as you have a universal truth, you're guided in the right direction. So without the knowledge of a proper diet, diet, it's hardly possible to enjoy good health. This is from Sun Samao again. And I love this guy because he was a Tong Dynasty dietitian, including herbalists and acupuncture. So without the knowledge of a proper diet, if you don't know what happened to your food, where it came from, what's been done to it, it. You know, if you don't know that, if you don't know how to eat the right foods in the right season for the right body type. If you lose the basic knowledge on how to eat, you're microwaving your food. You're eating food way too late at night, a lot of meat at nighttime. You're actually destroying your your body and you're going to inflame it and cause all kinds of symptoms that you may be confused where they came from. So it's very important to understand how to do a proper diet. And this is all leading up to uh, the blue zone. So we're going to talk a little bit about the blue zones. Not a lot because uh, we're almost done. But Sardinia, Italy, this is a kicker because here in the West, everybody's gluten free. A lot of people are going uh, paleo, going keto because they get so sick from the grains. And then there's a big problem with the grains, but is it a problem with the grains or is it a problem of what they've done to it or what they've put on it? So you look at Sardinia, these people are all over 100 years old in this community. Not every one of them, but a lot of them, a huge volume of them. And when they research their lifestyle, their diet, their habits, the way they live, their diet, they eat 47% grains, whole grains. That's a lot. 26% dairy, 12% vegetables, 5% meat, fish, poultry, 4% legume, 3% sugars, 2% fat, 1% fruit. So you can see their their basic uh, diet. And and then you start to look at ours. Actually, I'll give you a tip. Every uh, every blue zone, they all eat under 7% protein, meat, fish, poultry, every one of them. They don't eat a lot of meat. And they're over 100. So we might have something to learn from them. Because I have patients that are doing high protein, high meat intake, and it's not sustainable for the world. And with, once you study and research about IGF-1, insulin-like growth factor, that'll open your eyes a little bit. And then you'll start wondering what may happen to these people that are eating large volumes of meat. So let's go to the next one. Okinawa, Japan, of course, that's a blue zone. But look at their diets, predominantly 67% sweet potatoes. And there are a lot of them, a lot of these places are farmers. They grow their own food in their own gardens. They're living simply, peacefully, happily. Their their stress level is low. The environment is really good oxygen and air quality. 12% rice, 9% vegetables and seaweeds, 6% legumes, 3% other grains, 2% fish, meat, poultry. Such low meat and poultry and fish. 1% other foods. That would probably be like uh, the soy, tofus, miso soups, soy sauces, and stuff like that. So... If we go a little further, then we get into the Nicoya Peninsula. I've been here a few times in Costa Rica, and uh, we go close to it every time when we go down to Costa Rica. Uh, 26% whole grains, primarily is corn, and their tortillas, their food. My favorite is cassada. It's their traditional dish. It has about seven different, uh, maybe six or seven different dishes all put together to make a collective dish they call cassada. And that's their traditional dish, and it's a lot. It's a lot of food. And when you see how much they're eating, traditionally, even when you eat with the families, when I eat with the families down there, they feed us this and they feed us a lot. And you look at them, they're thin. So, you know, food volume doesn't have a factor with weight gain. It's the quality, it's the quantity, and it's also the lifestyle, the environment. All this, when there's chemicals on the food it inflames the body, the body retains water, it swells up, next thing you gain weight. There's a lot of other factors, but when you see the amount of food they eat and they're, they're thin, it makes you wonder like, hey, that's interesting. The uh, the amount of food they're eating and they're not overweight, but it's healthy. It's real. It's fresh. It's local and most often grown in their yards. So the 14% vegetables, 11% added sugars. So they do have a lot of sweets. And the reason is because their culture, they have a lot of sugar cane. So they'll have sugar cane tea. They'll have different uh, things that are made out of the cane, which is more authentic, more original. It's not refined, bleached. And strip the minerals and sold as a white drug. You know, it's not like that. It's more authentic. When you get that original, when you see it made firsthand, it'll give you a real appreciation. Which which I've seen, and I love that. And I like you to see that too. That'd be really cool in your life. Uh, so if we go further, I think I might have one more slide, maybe not. But the uh, this one, of course, there's something coming. You know, and what I do is we take groups to uh, Costa Rica, La Fortuna. That's a uh, Mount uh, Arenal volcano Arianol and behind it and uh, is it the that's the lake t- uh lake uh, uh Lake Ariol we're on the other side in the rainforest but we go there and this uh this year uh, in May 20th to 25th we're hosting an amazing retreat and conference we're going to talk about food medicine but it's interactive as one of those that you never really have experienced because the uh, We have to go to organic farms, we have to see the permaculture, the sustainability, how they live, how they cook the food, eat food from the farm, farm-to-table food, food that's grown in volcanic soil. So it's all an experience. In in addition, we'll do meditation, some Qigong, but um, I want to share uh, a larger system of what I've collected over the years. uh For over a decade, my research on oriental food therapy, and it's quite profound. This has been my secret Weapon for helping people. Almost every patient, I ask them what they eat for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. What they've drank, and I I correct it. And I guide them. And what symptoms they have, I always suggest. Hey, eat these foods. These are diuretic. Hey, eat these foods. It's gonna help your heart. Hey, eat these foods. Go for your stomach. Eat this meal, or quit eating raw food, or eat this cooked food. So there's a lot of ways, and I give them handouts. I give them handouts. I have them fill out paperwork, trying to identify their health and to understand their their body type, because essentially. We can boil everything down on their body type, and once you correct their body type, you teach them how that works. You empower them and help them. So when we do this conference, it's uh it's gonna be uh, learning the body types, the nine levels, how to use food, including including the way to cultivate with the food to develop the jing qi and shen, the three treasures of the ancient Taoist medicines. So we're gonna learn all these different things. And if you're if you're curious, I'd like to invite you. At least you can go to my website. And you can check out ConsciousMindMastery.com forward slash uh, food therapy conference. And uh, it might be a chance of a lifetime. I know when I get chances, uh, I got to take them. There's been some blessed opportunities I missed in my life. You know, if you feel it in your heart, you should go because life's too quick. You know, it goes by fast. We know from the last couple of years, all the pandemic, all the things that happened to people, the lost loved ones and stuff. So life is fast. Life is quick. Life can be short. Make sure you take advantage and those opportunities that come, go for them because you never know, you know, how long life can be. Always develop yourself anything better, any way you can improve yourself and develop yourself, becoming the best version of yourself. Take advantage because that's what we're here for is to better ourselves, to be of service, to help humanity. So with that, I always end my uh, talks with one love and I hope the best for you guys. Hope you enjoyed that. You learned a little something. Do a little research. Check it out. Check my website. You're definitely welcome. I invite you. I really love you to come down to Costa Rica with me and meet me and our team and uh, we'll go from there. So you guys have a blessed day. Enjoy your day and we'll see you next time.